Welcome to Veteran on the Move. If you're a veteran in transition, an entrepreneur wannabe, or someone still stuck in that J-O-B trying to escape, this podcast is dedicated to your success. And now, your host, Joe Crane. Have you heard about the new travel website for the military community? Check out AmericanForcesTravel.com to save money on flights, cars, and hotels, and support your branch of the military at the same time. That's AmericanForcesTravel.com. Hey, this is Joe Crane, host of the Veteran on the Move podcast. Today, we're starting a new feature of the Veteran on the Move podcast. Normally, we release an episode discussing veteran entrepreneurship every Monday. So what we're doing is we're going to add a separate version of the Veteran on the Move podcast. We're going to release that every Wednesday. And this is the first introductory episode of that new version of the Veteran on the Move podcast. Once again, my name is Joe Crane. I'm retired Lieutenant Colonel, Marine Corps type. I was a Cobra pilot, AH-1W in the Marine Corps. And now I'm an airline pilot. I've always had a fascination for entrepreneurship and inventing products and running my own business and running my own show. That's all the intent of the Veteran on the Move podcast. Also, I love motivation, personal motivation, inspiration, leadership lessons. And I wanted to add something to the Veteran on the Move podcast. It was focused more on that and not just entrepreneurship. It all still kind of feeds up in and rolls up into the same mentality and the same mission of you know leadership and what we do in the military and how we take what we've learned in the military and come out into society and the civilian sector and keep carrying on. So with me today and, and throughout the duration of this version of Veteran on the Move podcast is another retired Marine, Brigadier General Tom Drotty. We're also going to refer to him as Sage on this podcast. And that may be a little difficult for me because 24 years in the Marine Corps, I've never called a general anything else but general or sir. So I might have a little trouble with that once in a while. So Sage, you're with us here today. Tell us a little bit about what you did in the Marine Corps. Sure, Joe. Thank you very much and uh, delighted to, to be here with you. I served uh, 30 and a half years in the Marine Corps. I was commissioned in June of 1962 from the Naval Academy and uh, stayed on at the Academy for about six months with the uh, training of the incoming plebes, et cetera, then finally got to basic school, uh, joined what was then called the Transplacement Battalion, which was uh, an infantry battalion at that time stationed in Camp Pendleton getting ready to go overseas to Okinawa for 13 months and then would return and then finish its 13 months back in stateside for a total of a a 30-month cycle when you include uh, movement back and forth by ship in those days. So I joined a battalion. We uh, got to Okinawa. I was lucky enough to take my platoon into Vietnam in 1964 and uh, the early days of of Vietnam. And then we were also part of the force uh, off the coast in the uh, Gulf of Tonkin uh, situation there later in 64. Uh, came back to Camp Pendleton. Uh, I had become by that time a company XO and then a battalion adjutant. We went back to Vietnam in 65. I was uh, then became a company XO again and took over my company when the company commander was wounded in January 66. Extended my tour to stay with the company. And this was uh, my company, uh, 37. From there uh, to Fort Bragg, North Carolina, where I was an instructor for two years at the Army Special Warfare School, and then to uh, Amphibious Warfare School at Quantico, Marine Advisors course, and then back for a third tour in Vietnam, 
with the Vietnamese Marines, 69 to 70, ending up in Cambodia in 1970 with the incursion there. From there, back to the Naval Academy for a three-year tour. Then I commanded uh, Marine Security Guards in Europe for two years. Uh, spent a year at Leavenworth as a student, not a prisoner. And uh, then uh, joined an infantry battalion again, 1-5. Uh, then uh, overseas, a plans officer in Okinawa, headquarters Marine Corps. Uh, then commanded um, our National War College, uh, went off to Hawaii for three years, came back to Camp Pendleton, commanded the 5th Marines, and then became Secretary of the General Staff when I was uh, selected for Brigadier General. I then headed what was called the Defense Management Report Implementation uh, Effort for about one year and then volunteered for De Desert Shield in those days and uh, joined the 1st Marine Division as Assistant Division Commander for Desert Shield and Desert Storm and then ended up as a director of public affairs. Uh, I also served on the presidential commission on the assignment of women in the armed forces, which gave me an insight into the role of women in the armed forces, especially in the Marine Corps. And uh, retired at uh, midnight mass of uh, the end of uh, 31 uh, December of 1992 or one January, 1993. I then went to work for USAA for 10 years. I uh, was a senior vice president and uh, general manager there in uh, San Antonio and then in Sacramento and then ended up in uh, Tampa, Florida. I retired from there and then uh, took over the Marine Corps University Foundation at Quantico for a period of about 11 years. Uh, left there a couple of years ago and came back to Tampa and I'm now an adjunct professor at St. Leo University and also uh, University of South Florida. Uh, married to a Marine. Uh, Sandy was a second lieutenant when I was a captain and we were married and as I told you, it was the last day that I outranked her. Uh, three children. Our oldest uh, was a Navy carrier pilot, and that was uh, our, is our daughter, Lori, who has two children, uh, works now for Google. Our older son, Patrick, a Navy intelligence officer, and now is an intelligence analyst. And our younger son, Ryan, uh, in the hospitality rewards business, uh, has uh, two, two children. So luckiest man in the world. All of my dreams came true with uh, serving in the Marine Corps. And uh, having a wonderful family and uh, able to, uh, to talk about it in, in, uh, in a fairly fit form. Thank you. That's incredible. Thanks, General. And <laughs> see, I just did it. Thanks, Sage. Um, <laughs> I have a hard time calling you by your call sign, but I'll work on it. So, Sage, 30 and a half years in the Marine Corps, Marine Corps General, 10 years at USAA, then the Marine Corps University Foundation. You moved down to Florida you still don't retire. Now you're teaching at two different colleges. Why is that? I think it's dangerous, Joe, for somebody with our background, our metabolism, our focus to retire, retire. Folks I know who have done that have a tendency to die fairly soon after they retire, retire. I think you've got to be, stay engaged. Uh, you know, we have so much to offer and so many great youngsters who are out there who can who can really benefit from the things that we can share with them. So I think anyone who has things to offer as we do is, has almost an obligation to share that with the, uh, with the youth of today. Uh, you've heard my, my comment uh, before of uh, uh, society is in trouble when its elders cross the street to avoid talking to its youth. Yeah. And so now that, now that I'm a youth, uh, no, no, now that I'm a elder, an elder, <laughs> I cross the street in order to talk to the youth, whether they want to hear me or not. So that, that's the reason I, I doubt that I will ever really retire. And how long have you been teaching college classes? Well, I really started uh, back when I was uh, working for USAA back in the uh, 
late 90s. But, but then when I uh, returned here in 2015, I started picking up again. So it's been a couple of years now uh, teaching classes on the Mideast, uh, modern war, Vietnam, and then also a class I put together of why we fight and how we fight U.S. wars, which has been uh, uh, lots of fun and uh, very uh, interesting for me and, and I hope for the students as well. Hey, veteran entrepreneurs. Here's a new website for your toolkit that can save you money on travel. Plus, support your military community at the same time. AmericanForcesTravel.com is a DoD partnership with Priceline. Active duty, reserve, veterans, and more can use this restricted website. You'll save money on flights, cars, and hotels. On top of that, travel company commissions go to your service branch to be reinvested into your military community. So check out AmericanForcesTravel.com and see for yourself. That's AmericanForcesTravel.com. So it's interesting to me that somebody with your experience and your perspective has jumped back into the classroom college as a, as a college professor. What, what's your opinion of, of the youth of today, and what's that experience been like the last couple of years as far as your interaction with, with our young folks? Uh, Joe, the, the, the kids are great. Uh, I've never had a problem with a student. It's interesting at the class at St. Leo and all the classes that I've taught, I've had Muslim students uh, teaching courses on the Middle East and, uh, and the Gulf Wars. And uh, they add so much by providing a perspective to, to our class that we would not have as, as uh, Native Americans. But uh, the downside I see is our youngsters are historically illiterate, but that's not their fault. That's our fault. And so what uh, we hope to be able to do is to try to put things in a context so that they know why we are where we are, how we got this way, the decisions that were made, and most importantly, the lessons that can be learned from those decisions, and then how to make it uh, better in the present and especially the future. And the youth, uh, somebody once said they're 20% of our population, but 100% of our future. And I'm a firm believer in the quality of, uh, of our youth today. I've, I've never been disappointed. Yeah. Now, can you cite any specific examples of interaction with some of the college kids that, that you're in class with, or at least generally speaking, because I'm real curious what, you know, with somebody with your perspective and experience, you know, what, what your opinions of them are, and maybe you can even you know, speak for them and, and tell us what their opinions of you are. Yeah, th- thank you. That's a good question. Uh, again, because most of them do not have a historical background, the things that I had a tendency to automatically take for granted, I just cannot anymore. So I have to describe things like the Cold War and World War II and World War I and, and things that we go into. And Vietnam uh, might as well have been 100 years ago. So those things that are very fresh in my mind and always will be uh, are not fresh in the minds of, of the, the students. They have really no basis for that. But there's also, uh, I found interesting, uh, so many of our young men, are coming from families without a, a male role model. Mm-hmm. And I and I sensed uh, at times an eagerness uh, to learn not just what is out of the textbook, but just some life lessons. And so I found myself teaching young men how to shake hands, uh, how to introduce themselves, how to dress, how to write a thank you note, how to do those things that, that their fathers should have uh, taught them, but unfortunately uh, either weren't around or, or never got around to that. And so these are going to be college graduates, uh, young men who are going to be, you know, our leaders uh, in whatever endeavor that they choose. And I just thought 
that should be part of their education. Uh, in all of my classes, the students give oral presentations because I think somebody, a college graduate, should be able to to speak well on his or her feet. And all of my quizzes and all ex my exams are, are written. There's no true, false, or multiple choice or beyond that because, again, I think they should should be able to write. And so I, I correct all of those uh, essays and, and send them back and, and go over each one with the student of the spelling errors and grammar uh, recommendations and so forth because these are things that are going to be their mark in the future. And, and I, uh, I see this as a golden opportunity to, to try to help them in that regard. Yeah, that's interesting. Here you are teaching college classes. You're, for the most part, your classes would fall into the category of history. And in the classroom, are you actually going over how to properly shake a hand and look somebody in the eye and, and those other things? Or is this like office hours in, in your office later on? Yeah, no, 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 normally afterwards because uh, these, these I would never want to uh, embarrass a student. And so when I'll, I'll see uh, something that, that needs a correction, then I'll just call them aside and after class, uh, we'll, we'll go over those things. But uh, never has there been anything other than deep appreciation of, you know, that, you know, one does is which side of, of your chest do you wear your name tag? And uh, one thing that yeah. I learned is you, you put it on your right side because when you shake hands with someone, your, your eyes normally go up to that side of the body. Huh. And so that, that's where the name tag ought to be. And so it, it, this sounds like pretty petty stuff, but for youngsters who are just, you know, growing up, becoming mature, getting into the to the real world, uh, these are little helpful hints that I, I, I think will benefit them. So um, I'm happy to, to provide them. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, and, and none of them have ever been, I'm, I'm sure you're very eloquent in how you go about it, but never have ever been offended that you would even mention something like that to them? Oh, no, no, not at all. It, it just, uh, Joe, we've got a, a lot of youngsters that um, in their development, uh, some people have just not cared very much about them. And uh, mm. that's a sad indictment. And, and so yeah. I see a response when somebody, even an old guy like me, uh, gives a damn about them, that uh, there's a, a response, a refreshment of, wow, you know, this, uh, this is different. This is special. And so I don't do it for the effect, but, but the effect that I've, see, or that, I've, that I've seen has been, you know, one of, uh, of, of gratitude and, and almost wonderment that, that an old person would, uh, would uh, take the time to, to, to help. Wow, that's incredible. And what an opportunity that a typical college kid today has to have to have you as one of their professors because you're not the typical college professor. So I'm sure it's a world of information and you probably have a, a lifetime impact on these kids. So that's great to hear. One of the things that's interesting, I, I never teach not wearing a coat and tie. Hmm. And uh, that's not the, the normal routine for college professors. But yeah, especially these days, the casual environment. Yeah, so one day one of the students says, General Drotty, you, you, you always, you know, dress the coat and tie and a pocket handkerchief and, you know, the, the, the Marine Corps lapel pin with the American flag and so forth. You know, why do you do that? And, uh, and my response is uh, out of respect and kind of a quizzical look. And I said, out of respect to you. You know, I'm not going to appear before you as a teacher, hmm. you know, not, not looking like, like someone who's prepared in, in every way. And this is the same way that you should go to a concert or to a play out of respect to the performers. You, you, you dress uh, appropriately and not look like you just came from a dogfight. And so, 
<laughs> yeah. But it's just one of those those lessons, and it was kind of a startling. Of, I'm sure they were surprised by that response. Yeah. But it was out of respect for you as the student that, that I drew this dress this way. And do they actually address you as General Drotty, or do they just call you Tom? Oh, no, no. He's the General Drotty or Professor, yeah. Now, it's interesting, Joe, because when I was with USAA, I asked the, the employees uh, not to get hung up with the general business, and so to my employees, I was Tom. And the reason for that was uh, the way that we were going to succeed at USAA was by communicating, by working as a team, and I would never want my previous rank to, to somehow get in the way of that. Uh-huh. And so, uh, a quick story. <laughs> when I was out in Sacramento, I attended the um, the Black History Month uh, dinner, <laughs> and Sandy and I were there, and and uh, the lady sitting next to me is uh, from an Air Force family, and she kept calling me General, and sir, I said, oh, why don't you call me Tom? Oh, sir, I, I, I can never do that. I come from an Air Force family, and you know, I said, okay. So they served dinner, and it was uh, fried chicken. And I looked at it, and everybody's kind of looking at me, and I said, well, I, I don't know about you, but there's no way that I'm going to eat this with a knife and fork. So I, I picked up with my hands you know, and started <laughs> to eat. And with that, she put her hand over on mine and said, now I can call you Tom. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Eating fried chicken with your hands, I got to call yep, you Tom. That's where you're supposed to eat it. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Hey, Tom or Sage. I'm still getting used to that myself. And I've never seen you eat fried chicken yet, so I'm still going to be a little apprehensive <laughs> about calling you Sage. Go back to what we were talking about in the beginning where I asked you, I'm like, holy cow, after all this, I'm not going to say how old you are, you can if you want. After all this and at this age, you don't retire. You're teaching college classes at two different colleges. And you said, well, you got to be careful because people that have a tendency to retire, retire, they die. And... Oftentimes on on the regular Veteran on the Move podcast, that subject comes up all the time. And I personally think, and this is just Joe Joe Crane talking, I personally think the reason for the veteran suicide rate where it is today is because even a kid that, that was only in for four years and gets out, when he gets out, he loses his sense of purpose. And without a sense of purpose, you can die on the vine. And sometimes they end up dying at their own hand. What's your opinion on that? Yeah, I, I think you've, you've put your finger on uh, one of the, the symptoms of it, and that is uh, to go from being somebody, if you will, and that's somebody is, is, is immaterial of the rank, but it's somebody mm-hmm. who's who's served, who's had responsibility, who's who's uh, been uh, accountable for the lives of others, uh, and all of those things that, that make us, I think, really special, and to then go to a situation where people don't take your word, where there's not special trust and confidence, where there's not the uh, the camaraderie, if you will, that uh, has been part of our, our uh, growing up, our, our service in combat, or sometimes even out of combat. And, uh, and folks miss that. And, uh, and when that happens, I think there's a tendency to start to say, well, you know, nobody cares, and so why should I care? And you start to indicate that you don't care when you don't start taking care of yourself. You know, when you don't get up in the morning and shave and brush your teeth and put on a fresh set of clothes and then go out and do something for somebody else. When that stops, it's awfully easy, I think, for folks to become insular and insulated and uh, to just uh, kind of say, well, you know, I didn't get a call from someone and I didn't get a card from someone and, and all of these things of, you know, everybody hates me, nobody loves me 
guess I'll go eat worms. But even worse than that, I guess I'll I'll, I'll just uh, end it. And uh, and I wish I could could say that I had the the key to the, the suicide. I mean, I, I've looked at this, you know, those who serve in combat, those who haven't, happy marriages, unhappy marriages, alcohol, non-alcohol. It just runs the full spectrum, Joe. But I I think uh, part of it is very much uh, what do you think of yourself, and and what what kind of legacy do you want to leave to to those who love you to know that, that you went out taking your own life. Yeah, it's incredible. Well, Sage, we're getting close to the end of our time here. It's our introductory episode. We're going to go ahead and uh, wrap this up at this point. And uh, hope you like this new twist on the Veteran on the Move podcast where we're with Brigadier General Tom Drotty, a.k.a. Sage, talking about life and leadership. And stay tuned for follow-on episodes and coming up every Wednesday. So, Sage... I'll give you the last word. My last word is uh, thanks for this uh, golden opportunity to do exactly what I said, and that is uh, a chance to share you know, some thoughts, experiences. Again, when I was at uh, Leavenworth, one of the instructors once said, experiences are boring, but that's all I got. And, <laughs> and that's all I got as well. So I'll be happy to share them with you and hope that will be a benefit to our listeners. Outstanding. All right. We're Oscar Mike for now, and we'll be back next Wednesday. Out. Thank you for listening to Veteran on the Move, your pathfinder to freedom. If you like the show, leave us a review on iTunes. Reviews are always greatly appreciated. So until next time, this veteran is Oscar Mike.